It's Smooch Scoop. Today we will be featuring a podcast on Alabama's new and updated 2020 depth chart. This will be for the Missouri game and more than likely the foreseeable future um, pending injury, um, so to speak. It's definitely been a uphill battle. The tide have had to climb with no spring ball and new guys coming in and a new strength and conditioning program. It's definitely not going to be easy, per se, to start off for some of the guys. But through the season, I believe we'll be fine as far as conditioning goes, which we should be fine anyways. That's college athletes, but... Uh, I definitely believe David Ballou and Matt Ray are definitely trending in the right direction as far as nutrition and strength and all that goes for the Tide. But I believe we'll be ready for Missouri as far as a conditioning standpoint. I believe Saban mentioned that the Tide were ready as far as conditioning and that we looked smooth in the two scrimmages as far as that standpoint is concerned. But... Everybody has been said to be able to play except for Ronald Williams, who suffered a broken arm in practice, the JUCO transfer from Hutchinson Community College. Um, I don't think many people had him up on the depth chart, but that's definitely something to watch in that Alabama secondary, who is somewhat young. I mean, we do have experience, but Ronald Williams probably would have had an impact in the nickel or at corner. So, yeah, that's that's definitely something to pay attention to uh, as far as depth is concerned. But other than that, I believe the tie will be all set for Saturday night. The game will be at 7 o'clock Eastern time, 6 o'clock Central time on ESPN. Then again, repeating it again, we are playing Missouri on the road. Definitely something that Alabama fans are not used to. Um, we played Missouri – a while back when LaMichael Fannin slammed the dude over his head. I don't know if too many people remember that one, but it was a, a rainy game and Eddie Lacy went off, if that rings a bell with any of you guys. But definitely an interesting game. Missouri was 6-6 six and six last year, didn't really have the season they wanted. Um, Kelly Bryant was not the guy they thought he would be, but... They got a new coach, Eli Drinkwitz, and a new quarterback from TCU, Sean Robinson. So definitely going to be something to watch come Saturday. Should be a new offense. I think Drinkwitz is an offensive-minded guy. So we may see some new things and new things schematically from the Missouri Tigers. But it'll, it'll definitely be a test to Alabama's defense to start off because Missouri is always known to have a good offense. Larry Roundtree, DeMond Hazleton, the transfer from Virginia Tech, uh, Barrett Bannister, and uh, Jalen Knox are some guys to watch. The defense, I don't think the defense is too good. Plus, our offense um, is probably one of the best in the country, not to brag, but I think it's pretty evident that most people and – most sports writers, sportscasters, they know that. But as far as the game is concerned, I like our chances. Uh, I think it's a good game to start off with. If you were going to choose an SEC team, not to brag, 
um, to play in week one, it would probably be probably pardon me be Missouri or Vanderbilt, and our cards played the right way, and we got Missouri on the road, but that shouldn't play much of a factor. I believe we'll be ready. Uh, like I said, as far as conditioning, strength, and all that's concerned, I believe we're set to go. Saban said we'd be fine in that standpoint. But today they released the depth chart for the game. That is why we are here today, and that is definitely what I will be speaking on for the majority of this podcast. So, uh, yeah, if you guys don't mind, follow me on Twitter at Brody Smoot. And you can follow me on Facebook, Brody Smoot. That is all we have up and running right now. I am currently working on a website as well as another Facebook and other platforms for me to use to um, send my ideas, send my thoughts, send the news, updates, whatnot to you guys and let you keep you guys notified on when my podcast will be up and other things of that sort. Alabama news, college football news, anything you're looking for will be here on Smoot Scoop. All right, guys, well, we're going to get it started. We're going to talk about the offensive line for Alabama. Nothing new as far as projections. Um, up front, Alex Leatherwood at tackle, left tackle. Uh, left guard is going to be Deontay Brown. Both of these guys are seniors. Both of them have started. Alex Leatherwood, I want to say, has started every year he has been there. Deontay Brown has not, but he has been a rotation. Pardon me, guys. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing today or why I'm speaking like this. But Deontay Brown has been a rotational guy for the past few years. You know, you've seen him rotate in with like Lester Cotton previously. I don't know if you guys remember Lester Cotton, but them two rotated in and out at left guard. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely something to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if Tommy Brown, the redshirt sophomore from modern day out in California, gets a little playing time every once in a while. Uh, Deontay Brown's also known to be hurt periodically. So definitely something to watch at that left guard position. That will be interesting to watch throughout the season. Uh, I believe both guys could rotate in the Missouri game, but I don't know what Saban or Coach Kyle Flood have planned for the offensive line. I don't know if he fits the schematics uh, better than Tommy Brown, but definitely something to watch there. Center, Landon Dickerson or Chris Owens, that is what was listed on the depth chart. Um, I guess that's just going to be decided on game day. Landon Dickerson played center for the majority last year, but Chris Owens was his backup. I feel like Alabama is wanting to move Landon Dickerson maybe to guard eventually in the season because Evan Neal was the guard last year, the right guard. He was the right guard last year, and Alabama may want to move him. Pardon me, pardon me. He was left guard. Alabama may want to move Landon Dickerson to left guard throughout the season and move Chris Owens or sophomore Darian Dalcourt, who I've heard good good ravings about uh, these past two seasons and especially this upcoming season from Baltimore. Pardon me. Uh, we'll just see how Landon Dickerson uh, starts off. I believe he'll be the starter at center for sure. He is a senior. So uh, left tackle senior, left guard senior, 
Center is going to be a senior either way between Landon Dickerson or Chris Owens, unless Darian Dalcourt comes in at some points. He is a sophomore. Right guard will be Emil Ekior. That is the projection. He is a redshirt sophomore. I've heard plenty of great things about Ekior. He can play inside. He can play center, left guard, or right guard for the Tide. So uh, definitely one of those um, – Guys that you can move around up front for the Tide. Uh, got got a little bit of experience, not too much, but definitely definitely a guy that I'm uh, interested to see how he does. Pierce Quick is behind him, who's definitely definitely uh, coming up. Going to be a, a, a guy we could use in the foreseeable future more than likely. Amari Kite behind him. Uh, those two guys are redshirt freshmen, and they'll be competing as the backup for Emil Echior, according to this depth chart. And probably, in general, in my opinion, I believe both of those guys are good. Both of those guys were four stars, respectively coming from Hewitt Trustful and Thompson. So, I mean, you know the caliber of guys those are. At right tackle, Evan Neal, best offensive tackle in college football, in my opinion, moved, from, moved him from left guard to right tackle. Um, definitely going to be the best lineman. Him and Leatherwood are the two captains on that offensive line. Definitely mold and shape how this offensive line does as a whole. Definitely going to be two key components how this offensive line produces for Mac Jones. Uh, going to play a key role. Definitely need some good blocking. I believe if our blocking improves on the on the uh, pass game, it'll be even better because we protected Tool very well last season, and I expect the same this year. Rushing, definitely something we've normally done pretty well at. Uh, Landon Dickerson's a good run blocker. Leatherwood and Neal are great run blockers, and I like the fact that Neal can pull. I mean, what guy do you know that's like 6'7", 360, that can pull? Not many of them. But uh, – I'm intrigued by this offensive line and interested to see some of the guys and uh, how they produce. Um, We're going to move it over to tight end. Definitely an interesting situation at tight end to me. Miller Forstall, the redshirt senior, been banged up, hamstrings, whatnot, you name it. But Miller Forstall is definitely going to be a guy that can block as well as get in space and and, uh, pick up short yardage for the Tide. Uh, Major Tennyson's another guy to watch at tight end. Um, I think both of those guys will be kind of rotational. And I believe as you get on the goal line, Carl Tucker, the transfer from North Carolina, who I don't know if many of you know about, but we recently picked him up uh, in the spring. He will definitely uh, probably play a key role in the run game as well as maybe the pass game. I don't think really anybody knows too much about him because we haven't been able to see him too much uh especially in an Alabama uniform but uh we'll see how the tight end room uh plays out Jaleel Billingsley is also another guy to watch uh sophomore really intrigued by him I just believe that uh there's a few guys that are ahead of him because of the experience they have and uh they've already developed but Jaleel Billingsley and Major Tennyson are definitely two guys that could help in the future as well as Cameron Latu, I've heard who I've heard ravings about that moved moved from outside linebacker, play some tight end. You'll see him in some packages. 
Moving over to wide receiver at the H position, we got Jalen Waddle. Everybody knows what Waddle did last year. Contributed exclusively on kick return, punt return, and and and, and played well on offense. He had uh, 1,222 all-purpose yards with seven touchdowns. Uh, definitely something he can build upon. I believe Waddle could be a guy that could win the Heisman if he has a good season, like I think he could. Probably the best receiver on the team, along with Devontae Smith. But uh, definitely a guy that's going to help in the kick return, special teams, you know, not kick return, but rather special teams uh, unit this season and definitely can make or change a game, make or break a game, electrifying, you know, he's he's pretty much undescribable. He can change a game in himself. Um, behind him will be Slade Bolden, the redshirt sophomore. We'll see Slade Bolden in probably some Wildcat packages. We'll see him in the slot uh, more than usual, in my opinion. I think we will. I think we'll see him in some certain packages uh, when Jalen Waddle maybe needs a breather or and, or when we go four receivers. I think he'll be that fourth guy in the package and empty. Um Fast, uh, elusive, definitely a guy to watch uh, behind Jalen Waddle. At the Z position, John Mechie. John Mechie, the sophomore, didn't really do much last year, but then again, he was behind Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, um, Waddle, and Smith. But John Mechie's definitely a guy to watch. I believe he's one of the – He, in my opinion, he is the most crisp – route runner on the team i've seen a little film of him he, he's he's got some moves guys he's 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 got some good footwork too um definitely a guy to watch right there uh definitely have my eyes on him i believe he can help a lot i believe he could be like a calvin ridley type guy uh but don't quote me out on that i believe mechie's gonna help a lot i believe he's 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 gonna be a, a Pivotal, play a pivotal role at the uh, Z position for the Tide. Definitely something the Tide would like to use. We saw guys like Henry Ruggs there last year and Calvin Ridley and guys like that. I believe Mechie will play a key role in the offense. Xavier Williams is behind him, the redshirt sophomore from Chaminade, Florida. Um, moving over to the X position, Devontae Smith, the senior. Devontae Smith had... 1,256 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns last year. Devontae Smith played really well. Uh, in my opinion, if he would have gone to the NFL draft, he would have gone in the first round. But I believe he'll go even higher and potentially go in the lottery if he has a great season, like I know he could. Um, probably the best guy at getting open, he just makes plays happen. Kind of similar to Waddle, but Waddle does it with his feet. I believe Devontae Smith does it with his with his head, like his his uh, intelligence and knowledge of the game. Definitely a guy that uh, is very smooth in what he does, and a guy you'll see probably just as much as last season. I mean, he had sixty eight receptions last year. You could see him getting up to 80, 85 receptions this season, in my opinion. Maybe more, maybe a hundred reception guy this year. Uh, something to watch. Javon Baker is his backup. I have heard ravings about Javon Baker, the freshman. 
people have been speaking a lot about Javon Baker, uh, a guy that they say he's come he's came in and took over the reins as a backup behind Devontae Smith, which isn't an easy job to do because we have guys like Xavier Williams. We had guys like Tyrell Shapers who transferred out. We had guys like Shadarius Townsend. And for Javon Baker to come in and make the name that he's made for himself in practice definitely definitely speaks volumes to what he could become and what he will become. Um, a fast guy out of McKittrin High School. Uh, McKittrin plays some top talent. So I believe Javon Baker's the real deal. We'll just have to wait and see if he gets any playing time against Missouri or in the future. Running back, we know you got Najee Harris. Najee ran for 1,224 yards, 13 touchdowns, 304 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns through the air last season. In my opinion, Najee's the best running back in college football, and you can quote me on that. I believe he's better than Chuba Hubbard. I believe he's better than Travis Etienne. I believe he's better than a lot of guys. I believe he's underestimated. I believe that he honestly should have gone last year and could have gone first round. He could have gone first round, in my opinion. I'm glad he came back. I feel like it benefited him, and he will definitely, probably, more than likely, be a lottery pick this upcoming season. Uh, Brian Robinson is behind him. Robinson had 96 carries for 441 yards and five touchdowns. Robinson just hasn't been that guy that's molded into what people thought he would be. He's been sort of similar to um, Bo Scarborough, to say. Bo Scarborough came in, you know, he was the guy, five-star IMG, number one running back. Everybody thought he was going to be the guy. And, you know, he was behind Derek and Kenyon and all them, but... Brian Robinson just hasn't been that guy. And from practice, I've heard that he's 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 building into a more mature and, you know, a guy that can help us as a leader, a captain, and on the field. So definitely something good to hear there. Third string is Trey Sanders, who I am who I am ecstatic about seeing in a tied uniform towards ACL last last uh summer during practices. Uh, five-star, number one running back in the country out of high school. Just just somebody I believe can change the dynamics of the offense for the future. Uh, maybe in the future you see Bryce Young and Trey Sanders. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. Uh, if Brian Robinson struggles early, I, be, I believe Trey Sanders or Jace McClellan, the freshman from Texas, uh, who was also a four-star, I believe one of those two could step in and do just as well as Brian Robinson if needed. A quarterback, Mac Jones, the redshirt junior. Mac went 97 of 141 last season with a 68.8% completion completion percentage, 1,503 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and three picks, which is phenomenal considering he basically came in in mop-up duty and eventually became the starter after the Mississippi State game started against Auburn. Take away the two turnovers. I believe we beat Auburn. Played well. Um, then also played very well against Michigan. I believe Mac Jones is the uh, leader of this offense and, and going to be the uh, key to what we do as far as offense rushing and passing, in my opinion. I believe he sets it up. 
with how he plays and how he how he carries himself. Um, Mac has a great body language from what I've seen, so that's definitely something that's good for Alabama at quarterback. Um, definitely going to be a household name if he has a great season. I believe he will go pro. He could be up for the for the Heisman if he does well enough. But uh, Mac Jones is the guy for the job, just the guy for the job. Humble, works hard, does the right thing, throws the right ball, you know, bootlegs well, hands it off well. I mean, whatever you want Mac Jones to do, he's going to do it. He's the guy, no doubt. Bryce Young, though, is the freshman, the five-star from modern day. Um, Dual threat, you know, similar to Blake Sims, in my opinion. Blake Sims mixed with Russell Wilson is what I would compare him to. Pick the tide over USC and other schools like that out west. But Bryce Young or Paul Tyson will compete for that uh, second string job. I believe either one of them can get it done. Paul Tyson's got the size, got a good ball from what I've heard. And, and uh, both of them are definitely competing for the second, second, uh, second spot on the depth chart. But uh, – that's the offense, and we'll wrap this up. And I will have a podcast here shortly with the defense. Uh, don't forget, make sure you go and follow my Twitter, Brody Smoot, and follow my Facebook at Brody Smoot as well. Same thing. Uh, we'll definitely get some websites and links for you guys for my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. As far as Smooch Scoop is concerned, that's still a work in progress. Guys, I'm still getting this uh, from the floor up to begin with. I appreciate you guys' support thus far, and uh, I hope that you carry that on. But this will this is the offensive portion of Alabama's depth chart for week one against Missouri. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I'll see you guys later. It's Smooch Scoop. Yet, I'm back again with another podcast. This will be podcast number three. I will be covering just a few brief things that happen in the sports world today and things you might need to know going forward. Jackson State University out of Mississippi just hired Deion Sanders, who's known by many as Primetime. Deion played for the Cowboys and the Falcons. And he also played for the Braves. He uh, played college ball at Florida State. His son, Shador, just committed to Florida Atlantic not too long ago. One of the biggest Florida Atlantic um, signees in a long, long time. His other son, Shiloh, is playing at South Carolina. He's a DB. Going to be a sophomore this season. But... uh, Definitely, definitely something that I don't think many people expected, especially to see uh, Dion go to a historically black college, which I think it's a great thing, a great thing for the swag, a great thing for those kind of schools, for notoriety, for recruiting. I mean, to have somebody like Dion in your back pocket, in your back door, for some of these guys who don't get chances at, you know, superior Division One schools like Power Five schools. Dion could get some guys that are, you know, on the on the on the fence of going to a power five that just didn't get the opportunity. I believe he could get some of those type guys. You know, some of your three stars that uh feel like they could play a little bit more 
uh, under Dion and grow more under Dion. Just, just, I think it's going to be a great hire. I believe he could haul in some four or five stars. I don't know how many. I wouldn't count on, you know, uh, like 10, you know, maybe like two or three, four, four or five stars. And uh, he'll definitely have some three stars. He'll have them competing in the swag more than likely. They haven't been able to do that, I want to say, in the past few seasons. But I, I like to hire. Um, I think Dion will it'll, – it'll take a few years, but he could be competing with uh, Alcorn – and North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T, teams like that to uh, win that division. So I definitely like the hire. Highly unexpected, but uh, great hire nonetheless. Uh, I also wanted to mention Devontae Freeman, the former Falcons running back, former Florida State superstar at running back. Just recently signed a one-year deal today, actually, matter of fact, with the uh, New York Giants. Um, as many know, Saquon Barkley is out with a torn ACL. He'll be out for the rest of the year. Uh, definitely something the Giants did not want to see happen. Plays a, I mean, the greatest role on the offense out of anybody. Just, just didn't really get to shine the first two games because the offensive line just, they're lackluster. I mean, the offensive line just wasn't blocking for him. Saquon, Got hurt on one play. Looked like he might have separated his shoulder or done something, done, done something to his uh, shoulder and then came back in the next play and tore his ACL. Um, but Devontae Freeman is definitely a guy we needed. I don't think Deion Lewis could carry all that weight and pressure. Uh, he, he's up there in age, and I, I, I just feel like Devontae Freeman was the best guy for the job and best guy available. So, Devontae Freeman will definitely be the starting running back. I believe he'll compete with Wayne Gallman, who's been out and hasn't been on the active roster the past two weeks. But I believe with Saquon being hurt that he'll be promoted. Um, as many of you know, Mac Jones was announced as starting quarterback for Alabama um, yesterday. Expected, but... Uh, I expect him to play a pivotal role and be up for the Heisman potentially if he has a great season with all the offensive threats that surround him as well as a great offensive line. I think Mac Jones could uh, have a chance to win the Heisman if he plays like he should and is capable of. The schedule, I mean, if he plays great against the schedule, I mean, I don't know how you could turn him down for the Heisman or someone from Alabama in in, in that matter. Um, Got Missouri to start off the season, A&M, at Ole Miss, and then Georgia at home. So two games at home and two games on the road to start off. Definitely going to be the probably the toughest stretch more than likely for Alabama is to begin off to begin the season. I mean, Alabama normally comes out, you know, they come out good in the first game, but they could execute on many more things offensively and defensively in the past few uh, openers that they've been in. That's just my personal opinion. But I think Mac Jones is a guy for the job. I think we'll be fine. Well, Alabama will be fine. Auburn's going to have Bo Nix, you know. Uh, LSU, they named their starter, Miles Brennan. I don't think Miles Brennan will be the guy Joe Burrow was. I know he's been in the system for two or three years and came out of high school, highly touted out of Mississippi. Um, 
but I don't feel like Miles Brennan can do what Joe Burrow did. In my opinion, I think LSU had the best team I've seen in a long time since maybe Texas or USC or maybe Alabama's 2009 team, 2010. In there, I think this is LSU had one of the best teams. I mean, you had Jamar Chase, he's gone. Uh, Justin Jefferson, he's gone. Clyde Edwards, Elair, he's gone. Thaddeus Moss, he's gone. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry on the offensive line, he's gone. Obviously, Joe Burrow's gone. And 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 the defense, I feel like the defense will be better. And and in order to L- for LSU to do good and succeed this season in the SEC and what the schedule currently looks like, I feel like that defense has to be one or two in the country. And Ed Orgeron seems to think that as well. He came out and said this is probably one of the best LSU defenses he's had. You know, you got guys like uh, Jacoby Stevens and uh, Cordell Flott. I mean, they they got some guys that'll that'll definitely help. Um, they lost a lot of guys, but they they should be good on the defense side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball is my concern. John Emery, Chris Curry. I, I mean, I don't think we really know who's going to be carrying the rock this season. Not to mention you have to replace Jamar Chase, but they have Terrace Marshall and Kayshawn Bout. I think they can uh, fill in that role, as well as Eric Gilbert, who they said today, uh, LSU came out and said today that he could be the best tight end in history of college football. So uh, <laughs> that's definitely something we'll just have to wait and see. Um, they open up with Mississippi State this Saturday. But, yeah, that's something to definitely take into account for. Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, uh, however you pronounce it, um, they canceled their game today against Wake Forest, postponed it. Four players were uh, were uh, tested positive for corona. So Notre Dame will have to make that game up, I reckon. Um, but that that's uh, that's a gist of the SEC. Um, some teams that I saw that did very well or have done well and surprising the most, uh, a few of those teams, we'll talk about them real quick. Louisiana Lafayette. I actually took a um, – this is off topic a little bit, guys, but just a little short story. I took an actual visit, an unofficial visit to Louisiana Lafayette. They were playing Texas State, I believe. It was a Saturday uh, in November. And uh, took went down there, great atmosphere, great people, great hospitality. You know, I got to see the baseball field. The baseball team was having a little – little uh batting practice so that was pretty unique uh they they have one of the best teams in the uh in the division they play in the conference and obviously the football team is on the rise uh having defeated Iowa State on the road 31 to 14 in Billy Napier's third year I mean that's speaking volumes these guys are playing with purpose they're they're definitely a team I wouldn't want to mess around with um Definitely a team I'd keep my eye on. Uh, this The next two or three games are going to be tough. You know, they play Georgia Southern, App State, Coastal Carolina, teams like that. Uh, teams you wouldn't want to mess around with in that conference. Um, but I believe Louisiana Lafayette's got the guys. I believe they kind of had a down week last week uh, having to play Georgia State. I don't think many teams thought Georgia State would be that that solid. And Georgia State, rightfully so, they look really good. Their quarterback, Cornelius Brown, 
Um, look really good as a freshman, true freshman. But uh, having getting to play Georgia Southern back at home, Georgia Southern squeaked by Campbell, you know, I, I think that that'll be a good game to kind of get back in the flow. I feel like their defense will match up very well against Georgia Southern. Uh, I just like the way Louisiana Lafayette's playing. Um, another team is Oklahoma State. I mean, this is not a team that's doing well. This is one of the teams I'll talk about that that surprised me in a negative way. Uh, their their offense just didn't come to play. I don't know if it was because their quarterback was not in the game or they don't have the guys up front that they had last year. But they got a 2,000-yard rusher and one of the best receivers in college football, in my opinion. Shuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace are one of the argu- one of arguably the best duos in college football, especially in the Big 12. But having beat Tulsa the way they did by, like, a touchdown, not good for Oklahoma State. Many people had them in their playoff predictions. I mean, I don't know where you want to go with the Cowboys. Jeff Gundy, I mean, um, Gundy, I just, I just didn't see the chemistry. I mean, beating Tulsa like that, they should have beat Tulsa worse. Because not to mention their game the week, the previous week, which was against Tulsa, was canceled. So they had plenty enough time to prepare for Tulsa. And they, they just surprised me. Moving on, uh, NC State beating Wake Forest. That was a good win for uh, NC State. Wake Forest was uh, coming back and trying to trying to pick up a win, you know, go one and one, be 500 after that uh, horrifying, I mean, you know, beat down to Clemson. You know, they're, com- they're coming back, you know, coming for a vengeance. North Carolina State kind of weathered the storm. I mean, they just did enough to get the job done. Uh, Wake Forest got a great quarterback in Sam Hart- Hartman. Uh, NC State's got two great running backs. Oh, they always have great running backs, and I believe Dave Doran is on, on the footsteps of, uh, of being on the hot seat if he doesn't do well this season. Uh, lost to North Carolina the past three or four years. Y- you got to beat your rivals. And, uh, you know, Wake Forest and them playing in the same state, that's that's a big win for North Carolina State. I like uh, the way North Carolina State's trending. Another team to watch is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has beat Syracuse, beat Austin P. beat them bad. Probably should have beat Syracuse a little worse. But uh, I think Pitt's uh, going to do, do well in the SEC. Uh, pardon me, pardon me. The ACC, guys. Um... Notre Dame, Notre Dame looked good. They looked good against South Florida. Uh, didn't look so well against Duke the first week, but but they're a team that could contend definitely in the ACC. I believe it's Miami, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Now, speaking of Miami, Miami Miami is a different breed this season. I don't know what got into Miami. Maybe it's De'Aaron King. I mean, I, I don't really know what's going on with Miami. But uh, Miami is uh, a team to watch. Uh, definitely a team that could win the ACC. I really believe that. I believe 
right now, if Miami and Clemson played, I believe Miami would win. But uh, Derrick King stays hot. They're going to be a hard team to beat. Defense is always there. They got the run game. You got guys like Brevin Jordan out there, one of the top tight end targets, probably the top tight end target in uh, college football. But, yeah, uh, really like Miami and the path that they're uh, trending in. A few other teams. Um, I don't really know if I have too much to talk about. I like the way BYU was playing. Really wish they would have been able to play Army last week, but that game was canceled because of Corona scares and the cases and whatnot. But uh, definitely like BYU. That's pretty much it for uh, college football. No, we'll move to NFL and talk a little bit about the NFL. I will be honest with you guys. The Falcons are a train wreck in the making. If they don't get it together, it is not going to be good for them. But, uh, yeah, the Falcons, the Falcons are definitely a team to watch on defense. And uh, definitely a team to watch in that division. Uh, definitely going to have to make some adjustments. Julio just didn't play the game that he uh, that many people saw him playing. I believe he only had like four receptions maybe. Didn't really do much. Dropped a wide open pass in the end zone. Matched up with a rookie too. I mean, if you're Julio Jones and you're the best receiver in, in, in the NFL. I mean, he really is. He arguably is. You got to have your guy making plays for you. I know the offense thrived the other day with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's really taking a large role in that offense, and that's something that's going to have to continue if Atlanta wants to dwell in that uh, NFC South. But uh, yeah, the Falcons really have to turn it on fast. Now they have they have to do it now, and I just don't see it happening. The Saints, they lost last night to the Raiders. I believe the Raiders are a great team. Don't get me wrong. The offense is loaded. Derek Carr Carr threw to 11 different guys last night. I mean, when you can do that and have Derek Carr playing efficient, they can beat anybody in the league. The only concern is if the offensive line stays healthy, and the defense, especially the secondary. Got a lot of young guys. Uh, Damon Arnett, LaMarcus Joyner, Jonathan Abram, who tends to get hurt a lot. But, I mean, Derek Carr, like I mentioned, if you can throw to 11 guys and you can run the ball like Josh Jacobs ran the ball, you're going to win the ball game. You got Darren Waller. You got Zay Jones. You got Hunter Renfro. You got Henry Ruggs. You got Nelson Aguilar. They they got the guys. They just got to put it together. I believe the Raiders are heading in the right direction. As for the Saints, I don't know what to really think. I didn't really think it was a great game week two. They played well week one. But is Drew Brees 
going down? Could this be the end for Drew Brees? Could it be Jameis Winston's time to take over? Could it be Taysom Hill? I believe it'll still be Brees. I just believe he just didn't have a good night. I mean, he's got the guys around him. Then again, it's it's one of his first games without Michael Thomas. You know, that's his guy. That's that's Breeze's guy. I mean, he has to find a way to get Traquan Smith more involved, which he did last night. He did well with Traquan Smith. The chemistry looked good. It looked it looked there. It looked apart. But definitely going to have to get him the ball more, in my opinion. I believe Traquan Smith is a, def, a definite offensive threat. But uh, Jared Cook gonna have to get him more involved. Gonna get uh, gonna have to get Harris more involved. Deontay Harris. I mean, just as simple things. I believe the Saints could turn it around. Saints are still the favorite to win the NFC South, in my opinion. I don't believe it's uh, I don't believe it's a train wreck or anything going on there. I believe they'll be fine. I just believe the Raiders were really that good and just dominated. They just dominated. But Sunday night's game, we'll move on over to Sunday night. The Seahawks and the Patriots, that was a good game. I mean, the Seahawks were without their starting safety, Quandre Diggs. You know, they had to bring some young guys in to fill in that secondary. I mean, Jamal Adams was the best pickup I've seen in a long, long time. Great pickup. Bobby Wagner. Bruce Irvin got hurt. Bruce Irvin's going to help. You know, you got Shaquille Griffin. You got Jamal Adams. You got Quandre Diggs. You got Jaron Reed up front. They got a defense. I believe the Seahawks right now are the best team in the NFL. As long as that defense plays like they're capable of, I don't believe anybody can beat the Seahawks. I really don't. Russell Wilson? 52 of 63 in two games? 83% completion percentage. Nine touchdowns and one pick. Nobody else is doing that in the league. Nobody else except maybe Josh Allen. Nobody's doing that. They got the guy at quarterback. They got Chris Carson who can run the crap out of the ball. You got Carlos Hyde. You got Tyler Lockett. You got DK Metcalf. You got David Moore. I mean, Greg Olson. When Greg Olson is one of your last threats to throw the ball to, you're pretty good on offense. The offensive line's pretty good. Um but it does. You don't need really much to take care of Russell Wilson. He's going to do his thing. Now let's let's just be real. Pete Carroll, put your mask on. <laughs> Anyways, Pete Carroll was fined about a hundred thousand dollars for not wearing his mask during the game. Got to be smarter. Got to be smarter, Pete. Come on now. Got to be smarter than that. Um. But yeah. Uh, notes to watch: the Saints have to rebound against the Packers this weekend Sunday night. Definitely a game to watch for both sides. Will Drew Brees be the same as he was against the Raiders, or will he really turn it back on? Will he get Jared Cook involved? Will Michael Thomas be back? I don't really know. I believe he'll probably be a game-time decision. He really hurt that ankle pretty bad. 
uh, Traquan Smith, Jared Cook. I mean, you know, maybe we can see Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray get more carries. We'll, we'll just see what happens because the defense is all right. But uh, definitely a game to watch. Plus, the Packers have Devontae Adams. He he got banged up. What are we going to do with Devontae Adams? Was it just a precaution to take him out of the game and keep him ready for the Sunday night showdown against the Saints? Or, or is he really indeed hurt? Because the game was out of hand when Devontae Adams really got hurt. I don't blame the Packers for what they did, but is is it truly a concern for the Packers? We don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Aaron Jones is the guy. If you have a fantasy team, you better pick up Aaron Jones. Trade for him. Do whatever you got to do to get Aaron Jones. That guy is racking up the yards. Receiving and rushing. Led the team in receiving and rushing. Had 60-something yards receiving. Had 100 yards rushing. You can't beat that. If Aaron Rodgers has to give him the ball to win, give him the rock. That's all I got to say, especially this week. I believe Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of touches. A.J. Dillon could be a guy that gets a few touches. Jamal Williams, they got the guys in the backfield. I mean, the Packers, they got the guys offensively. Plus Marquez, uh, Valdez-Gatling, and Alan Lazard. Uh, Robert Foster, one of their new signees. Uh, I know I'm an Alabama fan, a little biased. But Robert Foster could help that team. He's fast, gives a different dynamic. He He's a faster guy. Could definitely help Aaron Rodgers. But we'll see how that goes. Um, the defense is playing pretty well. They need a little improvement on the defense. Christian Kirksey's been balling out. But definitely going to have to give up less points. Gave up 21 and 34, respectively, in two games. That can't happen. You can't give up that type of uh, scoring to the uh, Saints. Plus, the Saints have a better defense to defend Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, those are some key notes to watch. And uh, that's about it. Don't forget, follow me on Facebook at Brody Smoot, as well as Twitter at Brody Smoot. Uh, still working on a website. Still working on some more uh, social media outlets that will be involved with Smoot Scoop. But for now, make sure you do that. I appreciate you guys tuning in for my third podcast. Uh, hopefully look to uh, dive into Alabama's defensive depth chart for tomorrow. But we'll just see how things go. Um, like I said, uh, make sure you follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter to get some of my news. I post updates, post uh, you know trends, post polls, whatnot, you name it. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you later. Smoke scoops out.